Hello, everyone. This is Ricky, and you're listening to River City Church Talks, where we will take a deeper dive into the happenings, the coming ups, and the yets to be. Join me as we sit down with our pastors, ministers, and leaders and talk River City. Today, we are joined by senior pastors Jason and Natalie Powers. Good morning. How are y'all today? I'm doing great, Ricky. Natalie is great. I'm doing good, too. We're in a different location today. We are recording in Jason's home office, which is, if you could see it, there's just books everywhere. And those that know Jason know that books are a thing with him. I love them. And also, Remus Powers is in the room. Yes, he is. Everybody say hi to Remus. He's a good old Wiesla. Wiesla. Very, very energetic dog. So if you hear some barking, you know why. Right now, he's just staring at his mom going, please give me a part of this orange that I'm eating. So happy spooky season as well. Today is Halloween. It is Halloween as we're recording. I think it won't get posted till later, right? It'll be post-Halloween. It would be post-Halloween. Which is good. And there's a thing about um, something that I very much admire about our church with Halloween. You know, you have said it multiple, multiple times that this is not any other day than a day that God has made because the devil doesn't make any days. He didn't have that opportunity or that right. So we celebrate Halloween just like everyone else in America celebrates Halloween. I don't know if they celebrate Halloween in other countries. I would just say, I hope that while you're listening to this, that you gave away good candy and not, what are those Rolos? Rolos. No, Rolos fantastic. Do not disparage Rolos. Also Smarties. Uh, Don't give Smarties away. You're about to hear (sighs) us fight right here on... All I know the is candy podcast. corn. No candy no corn. No candy corns. No peeps. No it's got to be chocolate. Chocolate is the... Chocolate, Starburst, Skittles, King Size, all of those. If you can, that's what you should have done. You just mixed Starburst in the same category with Rolos. Also, those gummy nerds, those new ones. Have you? No, those are fantastic. Yeah. The nerd ropes? The gummy nerd ropes? No, they're... No, they're... I don't know what they're called, but they're little, they're like fruit. They're like little clusters, gummy clusters. Yeah, they're like uh, fruit snacks with nerds, all nerds on them. They're, they're delicious. It's a different kind of candy. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to go find those. <laughs> the big thing about Halloween, and you've said this before, is the only time that your entire neighborhood comes to your sure, house. Sure, Yeah, so I feel like... Um, yeah, Halloween is it, it really is one of those things. So, um, you know, every the danger is in in a many things saying, no, it has to be only this one way, right? And that is most of the times it's just not true. So um there are some people who feel a conviction about Halloween that it celebrates the darkness. Um that is costumes um reflect unrighteousness whether it is however however it goes um and to that i say man if that's the conviction then i share your conviction that that needs to be a conviction right sin in the scriptures talks about sin is knowing that you should do something and not doing it um or knowing that you should do something and and not doing did i say that twice yeah, not doing something you should do or doing, doing something yeah. that you shouldn't do. It goes it goes both ways. And so um, I think part of living in community as the church is um, everybody fastidiously holding to their own convictions without forcing their convictions on um, on another. 
Case in point, we had a conversation with a neighbor last night across the street, and they don't celebrate. It's the thing. They said, man, we turn the lights off and we sit in there. But it was this really sweet, special, gracious, like, hey, but we're praying for you guys, and we love you guys, whatever. And I thought that was um, a really fantastic, beautiful, beautiful thing to do. My my case is I, you know, I do, I want to take advantage of the, yeah, just the people coming around. I, you know, everybody's going to pass in front of my face and... Um, my hope is that they will in some form or fashion, yeah, encounter something that makes it, oh, that's a place of peace, right? Hey, that, you know, they give good candy or they smile or they kind of do um, whatever. That's that's my deal is to use Halloween as an opportunity to meet and connect with someone, some people. So our hope and desire and wish is that everyone had that opportunity to get together with their uh, surrounding community, their neighbors, and just give out great candy if you can. And if you didn't, you you know, just were in prayer for those that were doing it and just, you know, hoping that the spirit just kind of touched everyone with what they needed to touch on. So that's a great, great uh, aspect about Halloween, because yep. growing up, we didn't celebrate Halloween. It was something that we just didn't do. When did it change? Um, it changed when my mom, when we started going to a, a non-denominational church, Okay. my mom grew up, um, Catholic, like mm -hmm. devout Catholic. Um, but she realized that there was something missing. So her cousin was a Jehovah's witness. Um, so she did that for a while and my siblings grew up Jehovah's witness. So of course, Halloween, no, Halloween. no Christmas, yeah, no nothing. nothing. Um, and then she decided that that wasn't what she was seeking either. So she, she became Pentecostal and I grew up Pentecostal. Um, so we didn't celebrate Halloween either because it was a bad day, you know, but we did the whole fall fest and, yeah. you know, you know, that sure, kind of thing, sure harvest, harvest fest mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. And then, um, she, we all moved to a non-denominational church and they kind of had the same aspect that we have, you know, devil didn't make the day. It's God's day, yeah. you know? Yeah. So you celebrate if you want to celebrate, yeah. you don't. So that's when that shift kind of started happening. But I was, I guess in high school. That's an interesting thing to me too. Uh, the whole harvest Halloween thing. Um, and, and I kind of go, I kind of go back and forth on this, like on days where I'm maybe cynical, right? Like where my heart is dark or whatever. Um, I, my, my thought is like, I don't want to um, just kind of artificially shine something up so that we can participate like everyone else. Right. Like here's the deal. We're the 21st century. We're not, I don't, I don't harvest anything. It's, you know what I mean? So I'm um, to say it's a harvest festival. And again, even harvest festivals, you can go back and you can attach them to all kinds of pagan, pagan things or not. And so I'm saying, we'll just go just instead of trying to say, Oh no, we're celebrating um, the harvest on Halloween where, where everyone else is. So that's what I'm saying. But on the other hand, I know I see in that, the heart that says, no, we want to redeem this. And I think that is, that's the thing. And that's not just a Halloween thing. That's, that's an important deal, right? Like I think, you know, let's redeem Wednesdays, right? Like on all of that, because all of this stuff that happens on Halloween happens on every other day, on every other day of the year. So I think that perspective and that mindset of redemption is extremely Christian, extremely valuable and, and important. What I kind of, so my pastoral instinct is to say, if you're, if, if in any place we're kind of just trying to wrap new language around something to make it palatable, that is kind of like virtue signaling. I think a little bit, let's not do that, right? Like, let's just say, um, yeah, so 
we maybe you can say we celebrate on Halloween, right? But we're, you know, scarecrows and jack-o'-lanterns and not witches and vampires and 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 water and all that. That was always the debate in the household, you know, because we would go to the church that, you know, the trunk or treat or that whatever it was at that time. But we would dress up as biblical characters. And I would always tell my mom, what's the difference? Yeah. You know, if we're supposed to be a part of, you know, the world and be Christian, then why are we doing it at all? Yeah, just because that's I, good. Just because I something dressed up as Moses doesn't mean that I'm not celebrating yep. the same thing yep. that the world is celebrating. So, yeah. It, but but your point of redeeming every day, yeah, it's just something that we should do yeah. regardless. Redeeming all things, right? Yeah. Like, that's the deal. Jesus makes, he makes all things new. He says, um, yeah, like, that's the picture at the end. And so it can start, it can start bit by bit. And the, the other thing is, you know, as we're talking about, I'm always very leery about about just saying, man, you you shouldn't do this, you should do this, right? Because I don't want people to now feel if they've had a conviction that Halloween is something they shouldn't do. I don't want in any way someone going, man, my pastor said that I need to not virtue signal by doing that. We're not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm saying if there is, it's kind of like explaining how I got, kind of how I got to that kind of place where where we just go, um, you know, I there's something in me that wants to dress up not costume dress up, but makes want to make wrap everything I can is as in as spiritual a wrapping as I can so that it feels good. And I think Jesus created all things, yeah, all things, right? And so this day is His, and so I can say, yeah, we celebrate on Halloween. Um, and you know, here's the reality, reality too: in our costumes, do our costumes reflect righteousness or unrighteousness? And I think there are ways to reflect righteousness in a costume. That doesn't, you don't have to be Moses, right? Like I think uh, our youngest daughter is going to go as a construction worker, right, this week and this this year. And so I'm like, you can do that. That's righteousness, right? Like, thank you for celebrating the, you know, the service. Blue collar workers. Yeah, exactly. We celebrate, we celebrate them, celebrate that. So um, I, I I think that is, you know, uh, yeah, so that that's kind of the, the, the big redemption and, and truly being different. And there is something I do encourage parents. Um, Look at your kids' costumes critically. Not critically like that's ugly, but but yeah, what does that... What does it speak to? What does it reflect? Yeah. yeah, yeah. what does it look at? And don't be afraid to make your kids mad. They need it. Their boss isn't going to care whether they get mad. They're, you know, the world isn't going to care if they yeah. get mad. It'd be good for them to practice before they're 18 years old. But that's another thing. That's another, that's another podcast in itself. Yeah. So yesterday you spoke about probably one of my least favorite things, um, me and too. James is now getting into the meat of things. And I'm like, you know, here's the thing though. It's not one of my least favorite things. It's the thing that I suck at the most. Right. That, you know what I mean? Like it's the thing that I most wish were under control in the world, but, um, but it's, it's hard. And James said that, uh, whoever can control the tongue is a perfect man. Yeah. That's a challenging thing, right? We want to be perfect. A great place. Maybe the best place to start is what comes out of our mouth. And that's so hard. And I've had to, I've dealt with that and I have had to pray directly against it because my tongue used to be, or it still is, but I control it better now. Just very, it, it would lash and it would cut. Mm-hmm. And I had to pray, you know, God, please take this away from me because if I open my mouth, I'm going to cut someone so hard that they may not come out of it. Even that awareness is huge though. Like there was a moment in your life where that came from was, you know, feeling like if I don't do that, then if I don't strike back, then I'm going to get wounded or killed or hurt or whatever. And so 
even in saying, man, I need to dial back my language. There's an element of faith in that where you just go, man, I'm, I'm now feeling secure enough in God's life or plan for me or whatever that I don't have to destroy other people. I don't have to strike back. And I think that came from a conversation that you and I had, because I think we were going back and forth, kind of cutting each other. <laughs> Ooh, we did. We've come a long way, man. We're like, <clears throat> yeah, we figured, we had to figure each other out. You were always, you were the first guy who knew about River City. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we had to grow, we had to grow together. And I, uh, I, I was the hammer, right? Like that's part of the thing or the other. I just said it and I was bold and direct and I didn't have, you know, that's what we talked yesterday about the truth and love, right? right. Speaking the truth and love and all things grow up. Uh, I definitely tended more towards truth as a bludgeon. And so um, your relationship was great because you are, um, you're wired differently than I am. And so I had to contend with, man, that thing that I, that I am, right? Like, and, and that's where I had to kind of say it. That's the intent versus impact, right? Like whatever I meant to do or thought I was doing, I'm the kind of person who with my words causes harm and hurt and it wounds. Does, doesn't help that i'm an empath and every time right <laughs> every time we would have those conversations all of a sudden here it's ricky crying in the middle of this office going why but here's you? the thing though ricky no like i i here's the thing until then i never had to do well that's not maybe true because i saw it in my marriage with natalie but with you i had to deal with the reality that my words land on people. And part of speaking the truth and love, part of the love part of that is communicating truth in such a way that it doesn't destroy, but, but gives life. And so that's the thing. Like I, I knew I had to decide when you're sitting there and, and you're crying and there's emotion involved in that. Like I have to, I have to make that decision. Am I okay with that? Am I okay with being the kind of pastor and boss and leader who, um, who draws that, draws that kind out and at the end of the day because i loved and cared for you i had to say that's not okay rick i can't have ricky just working for me and getting beat up so can i say something i have a question for you um with the sorry what am i not talking no, about i was just going to be a smart aleck. <laughs> words jason words, <laughs> yeah, words, words matter jason i know um what would what kinds of questions because i i don't know the whole the, the, the whole format of, of the podcast today, but what kinds of questions would you have? What kinds of questions go through your mind when you were writing a message like that for people? Like, what are the things that you want people to ask when they listen to, to, to James, when they, they read James's words, when, they, you know, when they, when they listen to your message, when they're sitting there, what are the kinds of questions that you want people to ask as they're processing because that's that was something that stuck with me was a lot of people will hear the word and then it just goes out one other ear, you know, the other ear. Yeah, I think it goes in one ear and out the other ear because we hear it for forty five minutes on Sunday and then we leave and go do, yeah, a, a, but, go do a million other things. So, uh, what are the questions that I? That's a good. That's a good question. I think it depends on the content. Uh, so, well, for, from specifically from yesterday, what was what would you want people to start processing? And then, you know, well, there were, okay. So there, Ricky, like as though you were, okay. So there are two things that I wanted people to process first. And we started by talking about this, how have wounds or how have words impacted and shaped you particularly negatively? Because that's kind of the tone and the thrust of James's whole con 
content on on speech is that it's you know our tongue is it's a it's a restless evil it's set on fire by hell it, it's all that right and so I wanted people to feel that right like for them to just know man that thing that dad did or mom did or the boss did or the coach did or whatever's those wounds that were left on me that's what it's talking about and I think so the first thing is like we said God wants to heal that God is positioned towards us as as a healer um, and then though as we because that's where we just come to recognize because we're wired to, we're wired for intent versus impact, right? Like we're wired to um, understand and accept our own, our intent. I didn't mean it that way. That's not what I was trying to say. That's not even, that's not what I said. Right. So, um, but the fact is regardless of intent, the impact is world. And, and I'm comfortable saying as a percentage of global humanity, the percentage of people in the world who intentionally are trying to cause harm is microscopic, like, you know, 0. 0.0000 whatever percent. And yet we look around the world and we're divided. We're at each other's throat. Right. And so as we the first thing we have to do is wrestle with the impact of how has my word, my world, my life, my worldview been shaped by the words of others and then come to the realization. Right. The turning point is if it is wrong, evil, bad for if the wounds that I have suffered at the hands and the words of other people is bad, then it's wrong to cause wounds with our words, right? And so if I've been the victim of that and it's bad, then I need to not ever be the perpetrator of that so much as it as much as it depends on me. Because that's where we've got to get, that's the badly broken, deeply loved, right? Like if I'm badly broken and deeply loved, what possible justification do I have for not loving other broken people, right? I think that the thing that resonated with me or just something that maybe in the in the phase of life that we're in with um, especially um, teenagers and watching them grow into this world that, you know, is hard um, was just that that reminder of, you know, the whole Christians don't gossip, they vent. Like when you talked about that, Christians don't gossip, they vent, quote unquote, vent. Um that is all over the place. And of course, when you're 14 years old and you're watching these middle school girls or, or, or whoever, um, that comes from somewhere. They do that for a reason, just like when we're 40 years they old. They do what? Gossip? And yeah. Yeah. They, 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 they talk bad behind people's backs. They, you know, they do all that. But then you're 40, you're 45, you're 50 years old, and you're still doing the same thing because you haven't dealt with... That's the thing. Yes. You haven't, you, but it's not, you haven't dealt with the inner issue Here's the that's thing, going right? like, on. Okay. So there's a couple things, right? Uh, language. Um, we, that propensity for self-justification, right? Like I'm not gossiping. I'm just venting. No, actually like, like to, it, it takes discipline and courage to just go, those are actually the same thing. And so, because here's the thing, right? Like we do that to justify ourselves. We don't do that to justify others, right? Like if, if I heard that somebody was saying something bad about me, right? I heard, right? Oh, Natalie was saying that your, you know, your head is too big. And I went and, and asked Natalie. Natalie was like, I wasn't gossiping about you. I was just venting about you. I wouldn't go, oh, okay. That's a totally different story. So what happens is we justify ourselves, but not others. I think what would serve us well is if we would justify ourselves a little less and justify others a little bit more, right? Like give others the benefit of that. And I think part of this is when Jesus talks about taking the plank out of your own eye, right? Where I just need to go, um, 
I, I wasn't venting, I was gossiping. But then on the other hand, when someone says something about us, I, I still call it gossip because gossip because gossip is goss, gossip. But what I do is I want to start going, they must have been having a bad day or they must have been hurt or sad or wounded. And so we begin to try- It's a whole grace aspect. Yes, we begin to give grace to others. That's loving others as you love yourself. We do that to ourselves all the time. Now we talk about ourselves ter- terribly, all of that stuff, but- generally we at least as we're evaluating and judging our own ourselves we are at least aware of and conscious of all of these other mitigating factors we need to do that for other people too practically if i were you know when i'm talking to the girls or um even friends of mine and myself too but practically i think three things that you can do is well obviously number one just don't talk about people you know behind their back don't talk you know Number two, if you have a problem, go go and address it with yep. them before yep. you say anything yep. to anyone, you know. That's just biblical. Like go address it with that person and then bring someone with you if they don't yep. if they don't handle it. Um, but you know, you have to then the third thing is trusting that the Lord is your defender. Like a lot of people just want to lash out because they they feel, you know, hurt and they feel wounded. Something happened for them to feel that wound. And so we don't trust that God. We want to sweep. We want to sweep in and protect ourselves. So we need reassurance. So we go to someone else for the reassurance. Right. You know. Um, and obviously, I know that this is this is a little bit going away from what you're specifically talking so. about. But um, so I just wish I saw more of that in our culture today. And honestly, specifically women. <laughs> But well, I can't um, say that, but no. I think you, well, I, at least you in the, should in preach the, right now. You know, and, and I guess that would be for me. It's but, not, it's not just um, women. Yeah. It's different. It's different. Yeah. Um, it, it is different. I think, I mean, I heard that, that message recently from Matt Chandler about someone told his daughter that she was just a Walmart version of someone somebody else, else, you know, and, and that I was just like, dang, like that's harsh like that's another one of those words like why did you have to say that you know but i guess you're right going back to there's a wound there some like that person said that for a reason yeah so you have to see them with grace and humanity but the problem is this is the hard thing about about this if we're gonna specifically if we're gonna walk in this as a church we're about to we're about to have to be um real deliberate and intentional about forgiveness right because we live in a world where every human being on planet earth feels like they have an absolute inalienable right to have their voice heard and by and large a, a lot of the that a lot of the stuff isn't worth saying i had i someone said this uh, or i saw this on twitter just because you have a twitter account doesn't mean you're witty now right like like that in that and i thought that was so great right like um, some people are really good at Twitter, uh, but those people are how they were before then. The thing is, is that when y'all came to the church, we were in such a bad place with the whole gossip thing. I mean, it was just what we did. You know, so-and-so said so-and-so, and so-and-so went to so-and-so, and you made it your mission to root that out. And and unfortunately, you have these, you know, ebbs and flows in life and whatnot, and it comes back even harder or even more direct or whatnot. But I, I remember, you know, having those conversations with you or, you know, with Natalie and going, no, we're going to go talk to these people right now. And that's the most uncomfortable thing. But I will say to the people listening, if you are caught into that 
gossip or into that, you know, venting, mm -hmm. do the right thing and say, we're going to go talk to this person together. Yep. We're going to root this out. And if there's a wound there, if there's a hurt there, then talk to that wound and see how we can fix that wound and start showing the grace. Because you're right. If we just, everything that comes out of everybody's mouth is the gospel, then we're just, why, why are we doing what we're doing? Yeah, so this is that this goes back to that whole redeeming space thing, and I don't I don't know how to not talk about it in this. I feel like uh, I don't think we can talk about this and not talk about the virtual social media space. Um, I just think it's so toxic that, um, and I I'm, I feel like I'm pretty open minded, but but it's I I don't know that the sustainable good potential sustainable good outweighs the potential for destruction in in the social media space and it's not even and again it's not because of intent it's because of the way that it comes the way that it lands it just gives it all you know we read in james right be uh quick to listen slow to speak slow to become angry well there's nothing about that in social media social media is instant verbal gratification and i contend with i, I here's the part here's what that exposes in me uh Social media now is the mirror that my first response is very, very rarely godly, right? That thing that I fire off, I, I almost never have fired something off and then come back an hour later and said, man, I'm really glad that I said that. And I'm yeah. really glad that I did that. And so, and that's the thing, right? Where we just have to start thinking about, right? Like, but the thing is the reason I fire off is because someone hurts me. Yeah. And so that's what I, I've got to contend with that fact in my own heart is I have to take rather than seeking retribution or clarifying or justifying myself or no, here's what you didn't take into account. Here's the thing. Nobody cares on, on, on Facebook. I think if you have cares. to justify yourself for, for whatever you post or whatever you say, then you shouldn't have said it. In the it's first too, yeah, yeah, right. I was, was going to say, you if that's, if that's how you, if you know that about yourself, you just shouldn't be on it. Like I'm, that's the thing. Like some people truly don't, they're, they're, that's not their go-to, right? But there's a lot of people who it is. Yeah. And if that, if you know that about yourself, it's like deny the flesh. Like, yeah. do the opposite of that yep. thing. You know, yep. that's that's the whole. That's talking about people. That's responding. Yep. You know, reaction. Yep. yep. You, if you know that this is my, this is my, you know, my weakness. Like, I know that I have a tongue that is just gonna like blah, blah, you know, yak about people or whatever, because I'm hurt and because I need reassurance because I need people to like me, whatever it is. If you have to do the opposite of that thing, like just don't get on social media, don't have it. And that, I mean, that's easier sure. said than sure. done, but I know Ricky, like he doesn't have any of it anymore. I just deleted you, my yeah, Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't exist anymore. It's just so hard because it's so ready access. And so it, it stuff just leaks out. I do want, I do want to redeem that space. And that's kind of the search, the search that I have or that I'm thinking about. And for me, I just like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how it, I don't know how it goes. I do. Right. Like show me Husky videos. That's what I want. I want videos of why Huskies uh, though. You have a Vizsla. Oh, because I do have a Vizsla. Um, Vizslas are weird to me. It's no, it's not weird. Huskies are, um, they're both, they're, they're very similar in kind of temperament. Um, I think that. Is it because they talk to you, the Huskies? They, yeah, they're much more so like, if we looked they at sound your off. Instagram, like I know you're not on Instagram, but if we looked at your Instagram, like 
Um, For sure, Husky. It would be Husky. So mine, like when you go to my search, like what is Natalie even looking at? It's all about the royal family. <laughs> it's like all nice. I look at. Yeah. Anyway, so. Yeah. No, I digress. I, I, I went down. And so like I'm very, I'm very conscious of this, right? Like, man, I, I think that God redeems all things. And so I have to believe that that, that even includes um, the the social media space. I do. Natalie, I agree with you. I think there's a, there's a big part of that that's knowing is having an awareness of what of what that's for. And Ricky, you said something. Here's where I think social media appears to be a good thing, but in actual I didn't. It's like cuz you said at the beginning uh in 2012 when we got here, the way that we dealt with gossip was I would get every I'd get you in the room, right? Like it's you and and Susie Smith and y'all get together and be like, "Ricky, you heard this. Susie, did you right?" and we handle it figured out. That doesn't exist in social media, but we think that it does. Because the problem is if I say something, if I put something on your Facebook wall, well, it's not private. Everybody in the world. And so now it's like me trying to resolve a, a dispute with you in a stadium full of onlookers, right. right? With Joe Rogan announcing and all of that, right? And it just doesn't have that because other people start weighing in and all that. And nobody needs that. And so if I've got if I've got an issue it's easier to go on Facebook and subtweet, right? And it'd be like, well, I just don't need anybody and I don't care about all the haters. And like, I think you do. And just say that, right? Like just say that you do care about the haters, but don't say it to the haters because the haters don't care, right? So what you need to do is you have to go to Jesus. And the question that you have, you know, this is the question, Jesus, is that true about me? Boy, that's a dangerous question. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. And a lot no of time, one wants to hear the answer because nobody wants to hear the answer. But the thing is, it may not be true, but I need to hear that from Jesus and not from someone else. The problem is we get in that vortex of, of space and, and it's not. And so this, so this, uh, it all comes back to who's watching the words that come out of my mouth in, in any context. And Ephesians 4.29, let no unwholesome talk, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only what is useful for building up. And I deleted Facebook. And what that means is my quotient of Husky videos has gone way, way down. But my quotient of people that I have uh, hurt or offended or potentially hurt or offended or wounded or made questions or whatever goes significantly down also. And that's worth it for me. Um, so, and I, I, again, I think it goes back to if that's something you recognize in yourself or other people have, you know, brought it to your attention or you're just constantly fighting on social media, then you need to take note of that and probably make the change to not do it. I don't see you as someone who was doing that anyway, but I understand it was affecting you to see you were, you were seeing a lot of it. It was affecting your heart. And so you knew for your heart and your mind to make that boundary. I think that's why Ricky did it too. Um, for me, I just can move past it and it doesn't, it doesn't affect me really. Um, but I read this really great quote and now this was dealing with pastors, but I think it could go with anybody who's a Christian, which is what we're talking to. Pastors are like a calling, but at the end of the day, when you read about even elders, right? Leaders in the church, elders are just mature believers. Yeah. Every person who is a Christian, they may not be a pastor, like a pastor, like a vocational pastor who works at a church like me, but we should all strive to get there. So go ahead. So he said, um, who's he? Oh, sorry. His name is Rich Viotis. Rich Viotis. I love Rich Viotis. (laughs) 
he said, we can't pastor the internet. He was talking to pastors, but he's not, you know, anybody. It's not we only... Can't, pa- yeah, go we ahead. We can't pastor the internet, but we can offer a compelling vision to follow Jesus. And his whole point was like, you know, you... You can't get on social media, and Jason, you can't get on social media and and pastor all these that, people. Yeah. That's not the. That's I don't not think your that's, calling. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But that's not you can pastors. get on. You that's can, to everybody. You can right? get on and offer compelling vision about Jesus. You should. You should do that in any yes. avenue of relationship or communication. I guess the thing I but, would say about that is, um, and now now you get into the whole relative effectiveness effectiveness of the deal. But the thing is. I need to be saying those things to your face. Yes, but I'm saying, and and this was a, in the context of he was talking about all there's seven different things. Sure. So yes, to your face too, but relationships. But but if you're going to be on the internet and your and your vision is not compelling towards Jesus, then you shouldn't be saying yeah. it. Now that doesn't mean you don't go post your cute cat videos and all your baby pictures and all that. You know, if that's all people did, the world would be a better place. <laughs> but um, here's the question: but someone would find someone something would find wrong with yeah. the cat video yeah. that was posted. And that's where the jealousy, like jealousy, comes in to this whole thing with with the social media thing. It, all of that has a di- for me the root of all of this. Luke six forty five: Out of the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. Evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. That's that's the deal. Our words reflect our life. That is exactly what I was going to say was to me like I said it first. take social media out of it. Like I don't even want to talk about Facebook or anything like that anymore. But I the do. Refle- oh, okay, no, go ahead. no, no, yeah, no. I'm not going to The you reflection, thank you. No. <laughs> Mom dad stop fighting. <laughs> the reflection that I see in this culture and and you and I con- the three of us con- included in this, but is there's so much striving and so much competition and so much um, busy and not just busy. Like I get busy, like you had a full day, but like busy in the sense of like hurried. Well, also like physically, spiritually exhausted. Mm-hmm. The, that culture, I, it's reflected on Facebook, but it's in their lives, whether it's Facebook yes. or not. Yes. So that to me, like is an indication of, when you when words and taming the tongue is is a symptom of all yes. these other things like you were talking about. So the thing that's about, what's so worrisome to me is marriages, yeah, teenagers, all these people who are, you know, really struggling right now. Yeah, it's if, it's a reflection of their life. If there's a if there's a value in social media, I'm kind of honestly like I'm thinking mostly about Facebook. In, uh, Instagram is relatively tame for me. Uh, Twitter is mostly like I get my Astros news on on Twitter and all that. The thing with Facebook, um, if there's a redeeming, if there's if there's a redeeming value to Facebook, it is that it's a mirror. And here's and this is the discipline. Um, go look at your last two weeks of posts. The thing that you have posted about most is what you care most about. Like it or not. And if you're and if you're posting, um, if four times a week you post that Biden sucks, and one time a week you post that Jesus rocks, there's something to that proportion. I don't know. I, I'm not going to sit here and venture and tell you what it is, but I am saying that in that space you are moved more by one of those things than by the other, and that can be really valuable and redemptive. And we don't even have to necessarily put a label on it, but it does 
it should cause us to step back and go, is that what I want? If somebody were to stumble across my space in virtual, in the virtual ether somewhere, this is what they think I'm about. Um, and I think that can be a really, that can be a really important thing. But to, yes, and to go a step further to ask yourself, not only like, is this what I want to post, but like, is this what my life right now is about? Like, again, it's a, it's a symptom. And I would say, yeah, what I yeah. would say is that's not even a question. It, that's the problem. Well, I can just, I can go, cause here's the thing I, I can self-justify, right? I can sit back and go, I've posted about how, you know, whatever I've posted about the New York Yankees being a terrible organization 70, 75 times over the last two weeks. I can sit back and go, well, that's not really what I care most about. I care mostly about something else. Actually, probably not. I can look at my checkbook and my calendar and all of those things and I can explain why. But what I spend my time on and what I spend my money on, those are the things that I that are first in my life. It's an uncomfortable reality, but I think that it's true. I think it's I think it's a true reality. It's funny because we in the last couple of podcasts, we always come back to the process. And that's part of the process is yep. taking any idol, regardless yes. of what it is, and putting it in front of Jesus. Yes. And as soon as we put Jesus first, all those things yes. just fall off and they're not important to us. Yep. So if we follow the process and we sit with Jesus first and make him the one yep. and only, yep. then all the other things kind of just fall in I line. Think that's what I, I think that's what I was getting to was that the, ta- the tongue being out of control, our tongues being out of control, is just, it's a, it's a heart issue. And yeah. that's what that's what I was talking about was, you know, in marriage, like in the times where Jason and I are saying things that are hurtful or being sarcastic or being, you know, passive aggressive, whatever it is, those are times where we're not right with Jesus. Right. Like not only are we not right with Jesus, but we're not on the same page together. Um, we're not addressing real wounds. We're not, you know, if you go to, you go to, you get right with the Lord, you realize, okay, number one, I need to have grace. But number two, I need to be honest. And so you see that in marriage and marriages happen a lot is there's, there's a lot of people who are just not lined up yeah. with God, right. You know, so personally, and that's not judgmental. It's that's not, just, that's an important thing. That's kind of where I was going. Like, um, I think it's very, okay. So the, the prophet now let me be, okay. So playing a prophet part, I, I, I think that, I, I think that we need to take words. we, generally like the church we need to take words seriously because they're everywhere now right like that is they're in print they're they're everywhere um and prophetically i say i think every person should take a huge every person who, who if they say without looking to think if they say my primary desire is to be to know jesus to love god and to love my neighbor in every way then the prophetic part is Look actually at what's happening in all of your spaces and evaluate based on that. Does this reflect that? And if it doesn't, if it's if it's angry or if it's if if you are posting something that half or more of the people who disagree with that statement would have a hard time, you know, not feeling like you were mad at them or whatever, then do something about that. So now let me be the the pastor in all of this. Pastor and prophet, right? Here's the prophet part. The prophet part says, God wants to be first in your life, not just intellectually, not just philosophically, not just theoretically, in actual practice with our time and our 
resources and our energy and everything he wants to be first. So if your desire is to love God and love people and to be follower with Jesus, then not just in our social media space, but in every space, we need to step back and go, does this actually reflect that? And if most of your posts are about some kind of nuanced tribal us and them thing, take a hard look at that. And what I would say is stop, stop doing that. Now, here's the Here's the pastoral part. There's a reason we're drawn to those divisive spaces. By and large, what I would say is it's fear. We're afraid. And it doesn't make and it and it makes perfect sense, right? Because we live in a culture that absolutely intends for us to be afraid. Because two things are true. The person who is afraid is easy to control and manipulate. The other thing that's true, like it is, the person who is not afraid is impossible to manipulate. Because what are you going to do to me? Like, I don't care, right? And so if we look and see what are the what's the thing that gets us most angry, most upset, most frustrated, exercise, whatever the word we put on it, step back and start going, okay, what's behind that? Am I afraid? Am I afraid of something there, right? Am I afraid of, we use the analogy, right, of yesterday of the economy, right? Like I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to retire. Therefore, I have to be mad at this or that, right? Rather, and step back. And instead of saying whatever, I, I need to step back and go, Jesus, I'm afraid that I'm going to be eating cat food in old age or, or, or whatever it is, right? And so, um, because that is, that's something that we can work with. That's a thing that Jesus wants to touch. If it's just Republicans are bad or Democrats are evil or whatever. Jesus can't touch that because it's not true. It's not, it's not, it's not a real thing. All of those are, are people, right? And yeah. so um, I, I think that's the step. Is, the first step is a step back and just go, man, I don't think my language, my words are Ephesians 4.29, useful for building others up, right? So you got to start with that, right? That's confession. And you say, I want it to be different. That's repentance, right? That's what salvation is. And then the next part is uncovering, like, why does that happen? Where does that, where does that come from? And the question really is, what am I afraid of? And the good news yeah. in that is, the good news in that is, Jesus is always the solution and the resolution to every one of those fears. Because it's like the question, right? What if? That's what we get afraid of. Well, what if the economy collapses? What if, the, right? Jesus never has to ask what if because he's the beginning and the end. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the one to whom and through whom and for whom. All, all of the things. Yeah. Jesus ain't freaked out. And so when we're tapped into that, we can, we can live beyond that fear. But to the degree that we're not plugged into that, we'll, we'll live by fear. Yeah. It always and, goes back to what's first. And yes. if Jesus is yes. first, then the yes. things are scary. Yes. yes. The economy is scary. Yes. But if he is my provider, then Jesus will provide. Yep. Jesus, are you worried about the economy? You're not? Okay, good. Then I'm not going to worry about the yeah. economy either. And therefore, when somebody wants to talk to me about this hard thing or that, they want to vent about that person. Well, now because I'm not afraid, I can just go, hey, are you okay? You seem upset by that and that seems like a strong reaction about or, or whatever now right. we can talk about it. do we need to go make peace or or whatever it is we can begin to deal with that um because it's not just about don't go on social media it's not about you shouldn't be on facebook christians shouldn't be on facebook right i i don't 
I don't. It's the world we live in, and yes. it's how we navigate that world. Yes. And if we're putting the Facebook post about whatever in front of what we believe as Christians is that Jesus is in control, yeah. then Facebook is our our God. Yeah, because the reality is, I cannot post on Facebook and still be afraid oh, of everything. 100%. Right. And that's yeah, people were afraid long before Facebook right. came in. I think it's probably worse now. I think twenty four hours because it's instant news, but it's every, like I. Well, the thing is, I can feed it. When the news was twice a day at six and at ten. Yep. Yeah, they got an hour to tell me whatever. I can now literally fill my life with bad news. Yeah. And we do. Oh, yeah. And that is, I, so I think, and I'm going to take broad, I'm not, whatever, that is decidedly unchristian. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's just decidedly unchristian. And I'm not saying news is bad. I'm saying if we're filling our entire lives and hearts and heads with things that don't reinforce Jesus loves me. Jesus is coming back for me. Jesus has the whole world in his hands. If I'm not reinforcing those things, I'll forget and I won't reflect that quality in my life. Yeah. Well, this has been a phenomenal podcast. There's been a lot of uh, different kind of discussions. Yes. Thank you, Natalie, for your questions and whatnot. I appreciate both of you all so much. Um, We're going to wrap it up there. Um, There will probably be a part two to this because I think there's much more to kind of unpack and kind of go in. Um, So thank you all so much for listening. Uh, Jason, Natalie, thank you so much for being on the podcast this week. And we will catch everyone on the flip side.